welcome to the Locking Castle Church podcast. This Sunday morning teaching was given as part of the Life on the Frontline series. Yeah, it's a real honour to be asked to speak this morning. I just happened to be on the rotor for this Sunday and I, I was convinced when I discovered it was, it was going to be Tom and Mims last Sunday, I was convinced that someone would say, it's okay, we're changing things around, you won't have to speak. And I was, I was waiting for it even up until this week and it didn't happen. So I will do my best to follow what has just been a, an amazing uh, time looking back at, at your time here. I'm just, I'm so glad that we came and got to meet you both before you left. So we're looking at life on the front line again. We're continuing that series. And this week it's on the front line community, um, which is talking about the church and the part that the church plays in our Christian life. You know, I was 14 when I gave my life to Christ. I'd grown up going to church with my family But when I got to 14, I decided that I was going to follow Christ for myself. It wasn't something um, that I was doing just because of my family or out of tradition. I knew that I wanted to follow Christ for myself. And from that moment, things changed. You know, it it was difficult being a Christian in school. I was, as far as I could tell, the only Christian in my year. There was a Christian union run by a fabulous RE teacher. I used to call her Furry Frieda. Um, She used to have us in stitches every week. She was so funny. But apart from that, being a Christian in school was really tough. It was... Being a Christian and being a young Christian, being able to go to church on a Sunday, go to a wonderful group of women who discipled me during the week, having Christian union at school, they were the things that really kept me going. Because we can't be Christians on our own. We need a community of people around us. And as has already been said today, here at Locking Castle is a fabulous family of believers who support and encourage one another. You know, church, the Christian Union, my midweek discipleship group, they were a safe place for me as a young Christian. School, as I said, wasn't easy, particularly being a Christian. But I knew that I couldn't stay in my safe place. Even as a really young Christian, I knew that although it was wonderful to be around my brothers and sisters in Christ, to be encouraged by them and and helped and have them pray for me, I knew that I couldn't stay there. Because as Christians, we're called out of the church, out of the church building and into the world around us to share the hope and the faith that we have with those who don't yet know Jesus. So I used to pray for opportunities to share my faith 
with people at school and in the other things that I did. And I didn't find it easy. I was very shy. And so talking to anybody, even my friends, I used to find difficult. But I used to say, Lord, please, will you give me an opportunity today? Give me an opportunity to, to just say something about my faith with some, someone. And God would give me opportunities. Sometimes I failed to take them. <laughs> Sometimes I succeeded, did it badly, but at least I, I felt, well, I've opened my mouth and I've said something. And sometimes I'd find myself in a really good conversation with someone where they were genuinely asking, like, I've seen you and, and how you cope with things. How do you survive? How do you cope? You know, I know some of the difficult times you've been going through, and yet you always seem to be smiling and you're very positive. How do you do that? And so I'd suddenly find myself like, oh, I need to share about my faith. Well, it's because I became a Christian and, and I have Jesus living inside me and he makes all the difference. Sometimes it was just a, a few words. Sometimes it was a whole conversation with them asking me questions, some of which I couldn't answer. I remember once in the sixth form being dragged into an English lit class and they'd come across something in one of the books they were studying about the end times and the moon turning to blood and things. And they said, oh, Claire's a Christian. We'll bring her in. She'll know about it. I'm like, I have no idea what this is about. But, you know, it didn't matter that I failed, that I didn't have all the answers. What mattered was that when there were opportunities, I took them. And I, that people knew that I was a Christian, that there was something different in my life, something that gave me hope and a future, as Tom preached on last Sunday. You know, I've seen over the years how many Christians come to church on Sunday, have their hour or two, and then see that as their duty done for the week. And they go off back to their everyday life and almost don't even think about God for the rest of the week. Don't think about sharing their faith. Don't pray for opportunities. But, you know, we're not called to that. We are called to be a body of believers who share our faith, who share the hope that we've found with others. Let's look at the reading in Colossians again. Colossians 3, verses 12 to 17. It's a beautiful passage of scripture. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. As God's chosen people. We have been chosen for a purpose. God didn't choose us just to take us to heaven when we die. He chose us and gave us a purpose to share our faith, to bring others into this faith that we find so helpful, so powerful, so life-affirming. There is a calling on each one of our lives. Those of us who, who call ourselves Christians, 
which means little Christ, were supposed to be like Jesus. Everywhere we go, whatever we're doing, we're called to be like Jesus. And so we are called to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We are called to bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. There should be something significantly different about us as believers. We're called to stand out, to be different, not in a bad way, not because we're judgmental or self-righteous, but because we love, we forgive, we show compassion, we show the grace of God wherever we are. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. I wonder when people think about us who aren't believers, what do they say about us? Do they say, I really like spending time with that person. They're always so positive, so full of fun. I feel safe with them. They're someone that I can share my troubles and, and my problems with. Do we have thankful hearts? And do people know that we are good to be around? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know, for the word of Christ to dwell in us richly, we need to read it. It, it might seem obvious, but how are we going to allow the word of God to dwell in us if we never read it? If we never spend the time to see what God tells us to do or how he calls us to live. If we only had one meal a week on a Sunday, we'd look really unhealthy. In fact, we'd soon go into famine. And so many Christians today are walking around in famine because They've never learned to really feed on the word of God for themselves. Read it. Study it. Allow God to speak through it. And it's amazing how often I find in my life, I, I do my, my daily reading, I use our daily bread, and I'll, I'll read it, and I'll study it, and I'll pray for the day. And then I, I think about it at the end of the day, and I'm like, that was exactly what I needed this morning. God knew what I would be going through today. God speaks so powerfully through his word. 
So let's feed on it so that it can dwell in us and change us. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That doesn't just mean in church on Sunday or in life group midweek. It means whatever we do, in word or deed, in work, in school, in college, with our family, often the hardest place, we need to be sharing Jesus. That doesn't mean that we're giving people a, a scripture verse for every situation because that's not helpful. But it does mean that people should see Jesus in us. Whatever we do, remember that we are working for God in whatever area we find ourselves. We've been chosen for a purpose, to live our lives for the Lord. I have a quote by Watchman Nee, which should be coming up on the screen. He said this, I do not consecrate myself to be a missionary or a preacher. I consecrate myself to God to do his will where I am, be it in school, office, or kitchen, or wherever he may in his wisdom send me. I wonder, have we consecrated ourselves to the Lord? Have we given ourselves to him totally and said, Lord, you do whatever you want in my life. Every day, seven days a week, my life is yours. Do what you will through me. You know, sometimes that can be a challenge. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was going to Sweden with three friends we were going to uh, connect with some of the Christians there, particularly the women, and, and begin to raise up some, some stuff, just connect. The fact that we were going was, it was like a catalyst to bring people together from, from different areas and church backgrounds. And we were only going for four days. And one of my friends, Jill, who was, who was going with us, she was saying to the Lord the day before we went, Lord, I'm not sure how much we're going to achieve in four days. That's quite tight on time, a bit like this morning. How much, how much can, can you really achieve through us in that time? And so we're in the airport, Gatwick Airport, and we're going through security. We've all probably had that pleasure. And, you know, take your shoes off, take your belt off, get all your stuff out of your bag. So as we went through... I grabbed my stuff and I thought, I'm just going to go and find the seats at the end and sit down and put my shoes on. And so the others came and, and gathered around me and we're all gathering our stuff up. And as we've been going through security, I'd noticed a young couple. And they were making their way very, very slowly through the line and then through security, and she was helping him, and he was walking like he was an old man. I mean, he was maybe, I don't know, 22, 23, but he was literally hunched over and walking really slowly, and she was guiding him through. 
And so I was sitting on the seats at the end, and I put my stuff down, and I saw them heading over to find a seat. So I moved my stuff, and I smiled at them, and, you know, like, there's a seat here, come, come sit. And they came over, and he sat down very gingerly. And my friend, Jill, who was right in front of me, said to them, what's wrong? Is, is everything okay? And he said, oh, he said, I woke up this morning with sciatica, said, and I can hardly move. And his wife or partner said, yes, you know, wouldn't you believe it? We're going off on holiday and he can barely move. So my lovely friend, Jill, don't we all need friends like this, who's sit, like kneeling in front of me, putting her stuff together. She said, oh, you should ask Claire to pray for you. <laughs> Thanks, Jill. <laughs> so I turned, I thought, what else can I do? So I turned to him and I said, would you like me to pray for you? And he said, oh, yes, please. So I said, is it okay if I put my hand on your arm? Yeah, that's fine. So I put my hand on his arm, insecurity in Gatwick. Just prayed very simply, Lord, we know that you're a God who heals. And so we ask that you would take away this sciatica, take away the pain, release him and enable him to walk. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, he said. So Jill says to him, you know, do you know Jesus? And he says, I'm a Catholic, so yeah, I know Jesus. So she said, that's really good. She said, I really believe God's got something special for you over this week when you're on holiday. So he said, oh, thank you. So they gathered their stuff up. We're gathering our stuff, waving them. We're like, where are you going on holiday? Have a nice time. And they got up and they walked off and they're disappearing down the corridor into the rest of the airport. And the more he's walking, the freer he's walking. And they're just walking together, chatting away as if nothing was wrong. You know, God can move in the most unexpected places if we just take that opportunity that's presented to us. A friend of ours worked for a, a very large multinational company. He was over in China on business, and he was in a, a sort of meeting where they talk about um, career progression and, you know, the path that you can take. And so he's answering questions on the business and training and, and all that kind of thing. And one of them said to him, so these are Chinese high up in business people. And one of them says to him, can I ask you a question? And he says, yes, of course. And they say, um, I've noticed when I've been talking, when, you know, when we've been talking with you, interacting, that you seem really interested in each of our lives and you want to know about us. He said, can I ask, why is that? Because you, you're very different to the other people that we've had come over. So he said, um, he said, before I answer that, he said, I need to explain that if, as, as I answer, I'm not speaking on behalf of the company, the business, 
this is me personally speaking. He said, do you understand that? And they said, yes. He said, because I have to, you know, this is not to do with the company. He said, but you've asked the question and I will answer it. So they said, yes, we understand this is, this is you speaking. He said, well, I have to tell you that I'm a born again Christian, that I accepted Jesus when I was, I don't know, 15, I think he was. And I've been following Jesus ever since. And that's why I'm interested in, in you, because I know that there is a God who is a personal God, who wants to get to know each of you personally, that Jesus died for you. And he preached the gospel in the middle of this high-up manager's meeting in communist China. If his attitude had been different, he wouldn't have been given that opportunity. But because they saw something different in him, he was given the opportunity to share the gospel with people who would probably never hear it in any other way. You know, our attitude, the way we treat other people, will open doors for us to share our faith with others. Does our attitude bring us opportunities? Does our attitude bring us opportunities? I could tell you so many more testimonies, but I'm aware that time is short. So I just want to, to leave you with this. Mother Teresa said this. Do small things with great love. When we do small things with great love, opportunities open for us to share our faith. So church, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is this. Ask the Lord to use you this week to share your faith with someone, whether it's in school or college, workplace, by the school gates. Ask the Lord for an opportunity. And then come back next week and share it with your family here, who will rejoice with you. Even if you failed, even if you feel you failed, even if you didn't have the answers to all the questions, like why is there suffering in the world? Just ask the Lord for an opportunity and then share with your family how that went. And just to finish, there was a, a church who used to have a sign on the door on the inside so people would see it as they were leaving. And it said, you are now entering the harvest field. Our mission is out there. Be blessed. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about Locking Castle Church, please visit our website at lockingcastlechurch.org.